Welcome to the Business Leadership Experts Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping provide leadership solutions to small and medium-sized business owners. We'll talk to business experts on establishing company strategy, trends on leadership development, challenges of company culture, and understanding company finance. Now, here's your host, Mike Temple. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back with us. Another episode with business leadership experts. We're providing leadership and strategy and coaching advice to small and medium-sized business. Look who's back. It's that lady. She's back. (laughs) Friend, colleague, partner, Mrs. Ann Holm of Temple Executive Coaching. If you watched our last podcast, go back and take a look at it. It was a very, very entertaining and interesting podcast, The Nine Saboteurs of COVID. Now, we're going to take this conversation a little bit deeper. And Ann, I'm sure you've run across this many times in your coaching practice. Yes. I run across it all the time. In fact, yes. I've had a couple of conversations this past two weeks with a couple of leaders. And that is, and we've always had since the dawn of time engaging in difficult conversations, mm-hmm. either from employee to employee, colleague to colleague, manager to employees, owner to employees, just difficult conversations all the way around. Mm-hmm. And I can only believe, at least through my personal experience, as we've been going through the COVID situation, mm-hmm. these conversations have only increased. Yes, they have they not have decreased. And where where we'd like to hear from you is we're going to title this Moving Difficult Conversations into Effective Conversations. So, Anne, I know there's some strategies and some things that you can do to kind of move through this. So let me kind of set the stage. And I'm sure for many of our our listeners out there, it's one that they have encountered. Mm -hmm. Let's say that we have a sales representative and they have some goals that they need to achieve with the organization. And as sometimes happens, they're not accomplishing the goals that have, have been set forward. And we need to have this conversation. What are some things, some approaches, some strategies that we can affect to have a a quality conversation and a great outcome? I love this topic. What I really like about it is I can give four basic steps that you can take to have a successful conversation, uh, one that is difficult and can be turned into successful. Oftentimes when we have to tell somebody they're not measuring up at some level, you can see there's a couple of different scenarios areas that can happen as far as the deliverer of the message. Sometimes you have individuals who just can't stand having that conversation because they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You know, they're a people person and they feel uncomfortable, for instance, if they have to deliver feedback to an employee. There's also the possibility that you might be working with somebody who tends to be assertive, bordering on aggressive. So if you think about sort of the guy who's going to slam his fist on the desk. Get back out there, Johnson. That kind <laughs> of thing. For closers. That's right. right. Exactly. Lynn Ross. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and you might even say, oh, well, the aggressive guy isn't going to have any trouble with this at all. But in fact, he does because he's not going to do anything but scare the individual that's going to have that conversation with them. And the other person, the shyer person might be somebody who might sugarcoat. So uh, no matter who is in charge of giving this feedback, I just have four simple steps that an individual can use to have that conversation. Okay. Before I even get to the steps, the overlying concept here is preparation. So any of these conversations that you're going to have, you're going to want to be prepared to have them. You don't want to be, let's say in the case of sales, you look and you happen to notice that this person's not making the the sales quota and you just have to see them walk down the hall. 
oh, oh, yeah, come in here for a second. And then you just start throwing information at them or you start. That's not going to be effective because you haven't spent the time to actually look at these four key factors to have an effective conversation. So preparation is going to be the key to all of this. And don't be afraid to just write it down so that you've got it in front of you so that that individual knows that you gave some thought to what you're about to say. So the first parameter or the first step is to be as specific as you can about the things that are not effective. So if, for instance, the individual is not making the sales quota, that's a fairly general statement. It's almost obvious, really. You can hand them a piece of paper, send them an email and say you're not making quota. That's not very specific. What I mean by specific is I understand you spend a lot of time on the phone, yet you're not closing any sales. So I hear you making conversation with these prospective clients. I hear you talking to people that are not the decision makers, for instance. So the more specific you can get about what you're observing is going to make this conversation far more productive. You're not making quota. That is a general statement that can be as obvious as the nose on your face. Mm -hmm. You're really talking about these specifics. Maybe you're not talking to the decision maker. I notice that you're making a lot of calls and building relationships, but you're not asking for the sale. You're not scheduling appointments that are necessary for follow-up. So you can get very, very specific about the behaviors that you as the manager or leader are seeing that are keeping this individual from achieving those sales goals. Mm -hmm. So look at them and get very, very specific. I know clarity around that. Don't dance around and also be very specific about where you think the problem might be. So if it's, you're never on the phone, that's an easy one. Get on the phone, right? But it's usually more nuanced than that. I guess that's my Mm -hmm. take home message and why I say specific is so important. It's usually more nuanced than that. It might be, you're not scheduling appointments. You're not asking for the sale. These very specific are observations. So that's the first step. Uh, The second step is to describe to that individual what's at stake. So certainly you can say something to this individual like, if you don't make the quota, you're going to need another job. I'm not sure if that's going to be really helpful because again, you're not being very specific. So it might be what's at stake here is that you have your opportunity to grow in your role is being stunted because Mm -hmm. you are not learning these techniques that are going to help you close the sale. So it could even be, you know, centered towards the development of that particular individual. Or you realize that there is levels of commission that are not being available to you because you're not asking for the sale. As a company, it's important for us to follow up on these calls. If we don't follow up on these calls, then we're not seen as reliable. So if you can be very specific about the impact of what's lacking, then that individual Mm -hmm. can understand the why of it. The why of it is very, very important. So, you know, you're identifying those behaviors very specifically and you're articulating Mm -hmm. why they are so important and what's at stake. This takes a lot of prep sometimes. So after you have that part of the conversation, you don't just leave it there. You want to help that individual understand what doors to walk through 
to remedy the situation. So you're really looking about what specific changes are going to get the desired outcome or behavior that they're looking for. Once again, you have to be very specific. For instance, I noticed that you have a hard time closing sales. It might be that we have to set you up with George down the hallway, who's really good at that so that he can mentor you or you can coordinate with him on how to close sales. Anything that is not only specific, but even better if you can offer the support. If you can say, we've got a mentor, we have a trainer, We can find you a coach. You can even gauge at this stage of the game, where's your motivation? I mean, are you Uh, interested in even developing these skills? Because sometimes with a good conversation, a good specific conversation, you can discover whether or not this individual is feeling unmotivated Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. feels like they're lacking in some sort of training or has Mm -hmm. some sort of unresolved question. So this is an important Mm -hmm. stage of all of this is to talk about what can change and how can we support you in this? And is this even something you enjoy doing or is where's your level of interest? So after you go through that stage of it, the last thing is to talk about what's at the end of this. I mean, being again, being very, very specific. You know, what what will you gain if this if your performance improves? What will the company gain? What will happen to your bottom line, et cetera? So being able to be very specific about, hey, you know what? You make a hundred calls a day. I seldom see you schedule any follow-up appointments. What would it look like if of those hundred calls you schedule 20 follow-ups. And of those 20, you actually close five of those and you can actually spell out what it looks like. What's the outcome? What's the impact? Help them see it. Help them see it and say, okay, this is the impact if you change these behaviors. These actionable steps will deliver this outcome for you. This step will lead to this and this, and this is what you will get instead of a bunch of ambiguity. We just want you to get better. So let's back ourselves out to the initial encounter and let's contrast that once again with come in here. You are not making quota. And if you don't, we're going to have to let you go. I mean, how, how do you feel if I say that to you? Immediately, I'm thinking, well, already I'm on the defensive, right? I'm already on the defensive. You know, what do you mean I'm not? And quite honestly, I'm probably out there looking for a job within 72 hours, yeah, yeah. That's how that would that would affect impact me. You. Yeah. That's how it would impact me. Am I going to open up to this person? Right. You need exactly. to get in there. You need to start hitting quota. So, Temple, what's your problem? Yeah, I'm going to open up to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you're scaring somebody isn't going to exactly endear them to you, generally speaking. Now, what happens if there's a very significant problem and that person calls you in and says, you're not making quota. You know, I know you're trying, just try to do a little bit better. What's what's your feeling as you come out of that conversation? I'm lost. Mm-hmm. I'm just as lost from the heavy handed and try a little bit harder. I guess that might mean maybe I come in earlier. Yeah, right? exactly. Try harder. I'll come in a little earlier, maybe make one or two phone calls more a day. Yes. And with that approach, Ann, I'm even probably starting looking for a way to stay in this low level of production. Yes. Right. So it's not clear to me if I can be clear back to them, unclear back to them, maybe I get to keep my job. And your benefits or whatever. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I don't think it's all that bad. So, yeah, you're not going to go out of there with your tail between your legs. You might make a few minor adjustments or feel like, okay, yeah, well, I guess I got to do, you know, a few more things, but they're not, yeah, 
you know, I didn't really get yelled at. So I guess it's okay. Because you it know? can't be that bad. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So either way, those very vague approaches actually yield very little in terms of changed behavior. If you think about even a typical performance review, just a typical classic one, you know, you get a, mm-hmm. a two on this and a three on that and, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But there's no connection to impact or why. And I think that's, I guess, the key takeaway from this uh, from this True. whole thing is impact and why, along with being very specific, are really the keys to having a an effective conversation with somebody to bring about behavior changes. Right. Because yep. a couple of things kind of come to mind as you kind of walk through this. One is, are you even motivated to do this job? Yeah. And it doesn't make them a bad person. As we kind of can, you know, carry out the scenario of our sales, somebody who might not be really good at sales could be very good at customer service. Two different things. Yes. One sales, I'm looking for something new, customer service. I'm more, you know, adapt at taking care of the customer. I want to nuance that real quickly though, because it's yeah. super important at this juncture. You want to be careful about asking yes, no questions. Mm-hmm. Do you even mm-hmm. like this job? Right. Is a yes, no yeah. jo- is question. So you want to put in a WH question like, what's your level of motivation for this job? Uh, mm-hmm. What would you prefer to do? What would make this job more appealing? What part mm-hmm. of the job do you wish would disappear? So really being careful about that because the yes, no stuff is going to give you a dead end. Yeah, I agree. You have to find something of a gauge to, you know, to kind of gauge, well, gauge their motivation. Do they even understand the impact? Do they even get the sales, what they're supposed to be doing? Right. right. Do they even understand it? Do, you know, do they get it? Do all the neurons in the brain, you know, kind of fire when they you talk about this is what you should be doing? And I like the part, do they want it? And yes. here's the tough thing that I've learned, and is that you can't convince people to want it. No. That's the tough thing, Mm-mm, right? No, you can't. You can't even really convince them to want it at times with more money if that's not part of their motivation, right? Right, exactly. So understanding what it is about the job that they like or that motivates them. And sometimes it's a, it could be a capacity. Do they have the time to do what we're asking them to do? Are we asking them to fill a couple of different roles here, right? Yes, and we've piled something on their plate, but we still want them to make this quota. So we have to kind of be open to, to all of those things. But I like yep. how you pointed out the motivation. Do they even want to do this? What motivates them? And that's and that is actually part of your fact-finding mission that comes into step two mm-hmm. and three. It's kind of a blend of step two and three, talking about a little bit about what's at stake, but then also finding out if what's at stake even matters to them. That's uh, true. And what's your level of motivation to make these specific changes because if you mm-hmm. if you discover that the level of motivation is low or right. uh, or that individual said you know what do you like about this job well I actually don't mind being on the phone but I hate asking people for money I hate asking for that sale that might be oh maybe you need to be repositioned you know in the company maybe you you're an account manager or something else mm-hmm. like that but if you don't have those very specific fact finding questions right. you're not likely to have a productive conversation again i want to say all of these kinds of conversations typically don't happen spontaneously. These productive conversations Mm -hmm. typically don't happen spontaneously as the person's walking by. Mm -hmm. And they don't happen in an email either, by the way. I want to make that really clear because you're really looking at 
kind of a collaborative conversation about what this is all about. What's the impact? What's at stake? What can you gain if you change, et cetera? And that's a conversation. It's not an email back and forth. It's not a spontaneous thing that happens as you pull somebody into the room. Mm -hmm. It really Mm -hmm. is a very specific, well-prepared for conversation. And I think that would be one of my key takeaways is don't even think about having this kind of conversation if you don't sit down and prepare it with some facts and data and and good questions that you might want to ask. I think the prep work is what I like. You know, Mm -hmm. talking with a client uh, about a week and a half ago, and Mm -hmm. they were having some difficulty with one of their top line leaders and they needed him to get better. And I was asking, what specifically do they need to get better at? And how have you communicated that to them? And how have they communicated back to you that they understand that? Right. A nodding your head doesn't necessarily mean that they understand. Right. A, I'll get right on it doesn't necessarily mean they understand. So I I think the specificity of what you need to get better at, and these are the actions we want to start seeing. To have this specific impact. To have that specific impact. Even the attitude. Yes. Notice when you're on the phone, there's a lot of hemming and hawing. You sound a little impatient. We'd like to start seeing some positive enthusiasm. And this is what I mean by positive enthusiasm. These types of actions is what we you know, what we want to see. Yep. As you're also kind of outlining this, and you know, the, the thing that came up is the leaders who cannot prep for this or deliver these difficult conversations, we may need to start asking them, do we have the right leader in the right seat? Yep. If you have a sales team that is struggling and they've been through the hiring process and they're struggling, then the question starts to come up, how come Jim is all his team is always struggling. Is he too heavy handed with his people? Why is Bob, his team always struggling? You know, he, he doesn't be able to seem to kind of communicate, you know, right. everyone's kind of shocked when they find out that they're going to lose their job and they never knew that, you know, what was right. really truly at stake here. Right. I think part of what that might also lead to Anne, is do we have the right leader? who can effectuate having these difficult conversations and turning them into effective conversations. And on top of that, it is could be the do we have the right leader? That's a yes, no question. But I wouldn't even nuance that to what skill set does that leader need to be coached on or receive mentorship or some sort of practice so that they can have these conversations? Because again, as I said, these things aren't necessarily things that you know how to do unless you've either practiced them or or you have had somebody sort of Mm -hmm. teach you how to do this. So there may be a leader in that position who's having difficulty with these conversations, but they honestly don't know how to have those conversations. Any other way, they're really good in their job. Uh, This just becomes their set of questions. You know, (laughs) this is... It's just say you go through the same steps with the with the dude, right? You go th- the gal. You go through the same steps as you would with the leader talking to the to the direct report. Let's say the leader's having a hard time. Well, you have those same kind of conversations with the leader and say, you know, you're doing a great job on all these fronts. One of the things I noticed, you have a difficult time with these conversations with mm-hmm. your direct reports. You know, the impact is they're pretty clueless. So right. would you like your job to be easier or would you, you know, <laughs> no, not too many yes, no questions. Yeah. You know, I guess that's not my point. So it can go all the way up the line, yeah. really. Train it's, the th- trainer. They're all teachable skills. They're all teachable skills. 
what I take from this is that really these four points could be used for either type of personality. The person who doesn't enjoy is you know concerned with conflict, doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings, wants everyone to feel safe. And then we've got, you know, the other guy who, you know, who, you know, heavy handed, you know, pounding the table, thinking I'm going to scare you into motivation. <laughs> Kind of what I take from this, do some prep work, guys. All right, listeners, prep do work. some prep work. Get your data together before you have these conversations. All right, the four steps, be specific to the behaviors that are not effective, right? What's at stake? What happens if we don't make these changes? And what's at stake doesn't always have to mean you're going to lose your job. You don't always right. have to go right to the bottom line, right? Uh, number three, here's specifically what we need you to do. And the fourth one, these are the things that will go well for you. If you do make these changes, That's correct. help them see it, talk them through the action steps, help yep. them see what that reward will be. And then Anne kind of also what you alluded, into, uh, alluded to here is in this particular scenario, do they even want the job? Are they even motivated to do it? WH questions, what level is the motivation? Where are you as far as, you know, enjoying this job? What part do you like? What part you don't like? Got to be right. very careful about those yes, no questions because that pins people into the corner to give one or the other answer. So if I rephrase the question, we need yes, to find out what their motivation for the job is. That is correct. Is that better? All right. That's okay. correct. Well, you know, I mean, we're... Step three right there, folks. You saw it in action. You saw yeah, it in action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you got to be specific and ask those WH questions. Really careful about those yes, no questions because you give people a, no opportunity to uh, give you good information. It's either it yeah, very... yes or no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> do you want this job? Uh, yes. <laughs> what do you like about this job? What's the part you don't really care for? Excellent. Right. And we may have somebody who's just not in the right seat within the organization. And they would probably be, a, you know, they probably affect the organization in a, in a much better way if they were perhaps in a better seat. But only a good leader can coach that and find that out. And thank you so much again. Folks, if you have any questions for Ann, you can reach her at Ann Holm. A-N-N. And at Temple Executive Coaching. Guys, thanks so much. If you like what you saw, please subscribe to the channel. Pass along to those that you think would also benefit from it. Love having you with us. Until next time, thank you very much. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Business Leadership Experts Podcast, hosted by Mike Temple, where we engage with experts in business growth for small and medium-sized companies. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please let us know what you think through our social media channels on Facebook, LinkedIn, and our website at templeexecutivecoaching.com. We would love to hear from you.